Gloin had much to tell of events in the northern regions of Wilderland. Frodo learned that Grimbeon the Old, son of Beon, was now the lord of many sturdy men, and to their land between the mountains and Mirkwood neither orc nor wolf dared to go. Indeed, said Gloin. If it were not for the Beornings, the passage from Dale to Rivendell would long ago have become impossible. They are valiant men and keep open the high pass and the ford of Carrock. Uh, but their toes are high, he added with a shake of his head. And like Bairn of old, they are not over fond of dwarves. Still, they are trusty, and that is much in these days. That's all we really know about the folk of Bjorn, a ragtag assemblage of men, not elves or dwarves, keeping the way through the vales of the great river safe for decent folk. Under their protection, the free peoples are able to travel as they will, so long as they can afford the tolls. We also know that at some point these Bjornings will face a great battle with the enemy during the War of the Ring. And yet, the Lord of the Rings Online has made them a significant faction, as both keepers of the Anduin Vales and as player characters. How can so much be done with so little? What do we really know about them? And what does it all have to do with the mountains? I'm here in the Bjorning lands to find out, and you are listening to Beneath Your Feet. Some say that he is a bear, descended from the great and ancient bears of the mountains. Others say that he is a man, descended from the first men who lived before Smaug or the other dragons came into this part of the world, and before the goblins came into the hills out of the north. I cannot say, though I fancy the last is the true tale. He is not the sort of person to ask questions of. At any rate, he is under no enchantment but his own. The mystery of the Bjornings begins with its namesake. Bjorn the Skin Changer plays an important role in Bilbo's original tale. He offers Thorn and company shelter and supplies, and he almost single-handedly turns the tide of the Battle of Five Armies. But as often happens with Tolkien's work, we are left with more questions than answers. The only answers we get come from quotes such as the one you have just heard, and even that is only a guess from Gandalf. In the episode concerning Tam Myrdine, we briefly discussed the importance of mystery in Middle-earth. As frustrating as the lack of hard proof can be for us modern readers, the inherent lack of certainty and subsequent speculation both weaves the enchantment of these stories and allows for the fun of interpretation. It is in this space of frustration and delight that we find Bjorn and his progeny. Was he a bear or a man? Gandalf says he is under no enchantment but his own, but how did he discover such an enchantment? Valar and Maiar seem to be able to change forms, such as Sauron the Wolf from the tale of Baron and Luthien. Could he be such a spirit? Likely not, if Gandalf knows nothing of him. So is he then related to the eagles, or other such spiritual forces? Or as Gandalf's use of the word enchantment suggests, is he more a sorcerer, with a primitive or tangential connection to the spiritual? The only thing we can say for certain is that he came from the Misty Mountains. In that case, is there some relation to the giants of that place? Unlike the Eagles or the Ents or even Sauron, we truly have nothing to go on in terms of Bjorn's history inside the Legendarium. If we look outside, however, we get a bit more. 
In letter 131, Tolkien confirms that Bjorn is, in fact, a mortal man and, even better, he was, quote, no doubt a bit of a magician. So if our definition of canon is broad enough to incorporate things the author said off-script, then magic becomes a real possibility. Probing further outwards towards Tolkien's influences, Bjorn has a somewhat obvious analog in Beowulf. The name Beowulf translates to Beowulf or Bee Hunter, which is another name for Bear. He's also an important feral warrior, if his story does not easily align with Bjorn's. The name Bjorn can mean warrior or simply bear in Old Norse, and the skin changer certainly brings with him some of the pastoral imagery of middle-aged northern Europe. In one of his excellent essays, Tolkien scholar Michael Martinez compares the Bjornings to ancient Mercians. If the Bardings and the Rohirrim bear more of a resemblance to Viking Anglo-Saxons, then perhaps Bjornings were more analogous to the Mercians. Those ancient Brits indeed lived in longhouses and followed many of the other tropes we assigned to that place and time, but politically they were more of a loose affiliation than we think of as a proper kingdom. This makes sense. For climbing down the long slopes of the Misty Mountains to the Bjorning outpost of Vegbar, it is clear that these folk owe allegiance to Grimbjorn, but have no trouble settling things on their own. Captain Scala needs no help handling goblin incursions. They look after the other residents of the Vale. They collect tolls. If there is any governance besides local leadership, the only glimpse we are offered is when we are asked to collect Grimbjorn's portion of the tolls. Down from Vegbar and into the Vale itself, we find more Bjornings having an eye on things. When so many fearsome warriors who can easily assume a ferocious bear form are on watch, one can begin to understand why Gloin may complain about high tolls. Once over the ford, we are at a crossroads. Turning to the right leads us deeper into the eaves of Mirkwood and Woodman territory. The way to the left is the realm of Grimbjorn and his father before him. There simply must be a connection between the woodmen of the valley and the Bjornings, and not just that of a protection arrangement. The woodmen, another mysterious faction that has been iterated upon in various mediums, are the only men who inhabit the valley. If we think of Bjorn's chiefdom, and that of his son, as a loose confederation of peoples led by the skin changers, there is little other option besides the woodmen to populate it. Perhaps some bardings or lakemen crossed Mirkwood to follow Bjorn, sure, but apart from that difficult possibility, there are only those men who are described in The Hobbit as being well-established in the area. The One Ring role-playing game makes this suggestion, but if it is hinted at in The Lord of the Rings Online, I must have missed it, because it seems as though the developers are making the claim that the Bjornings of Lotro are all related in some fashion, as we see when we reach Bjorn's house. Soon, the fringes of Mirkwood part, and the valley opens up in earnest. Amid fields of wildflowers and tall, swaying grass is a mess of hedge and tree. It is Bjorn's house, transliterated as Bjorninghus in the game, and we find it in much the same condition as it is described to us in The Hobbit, though perhaps with more fortification. Inside the tangled wall is a wide steading of agricultural buildings, fields, workers, the house itself, and of course, lots of beehives. In case we miss the reference, a blotch of blue text pops up the first time we visit to remind us of its connection to Bilbo's adventures. 
There, looking over things, is our gracious host, chief of the Bjornings, Grimbjorn himself, and his wife, Geerta. Unsurprisingly, they put me to work immediately. Through a hefty dose of choring, I'm introduced to the rest of the cast who will be familiar to any Bjorning players. There's Sturkist and Varthmath, and many others in need of our help, and, if you play as a Bjorning character, you notice immediately that they are referred to as brethren and cousins. The introductory quest text says that you are among the children and grandchildren of Bjorn. Congratulations! More seriously, what the developers have done here mirrors the approach taken with the epic story. Even though this is still a massively multiplayer game, you are the quote, only hero in the story. The only Bjorning, apart from the NPC kinsmen, out and about in the world. Sure, it's dodgy, and it takes a bit of suspension of disbelief, but it is one way to finagle the problem of the Bjornings. Bjorn doesn't seem the type to father hundreds of progeny, so if you are among the descendants of his line, it is best to pretend that you are among a very few. What would other such options be? I find I must consider this as I finish my chores and head north into the wells of Langflood to find yet another part of the Bjorning lands. For as the smooth valley of the Bjornings gives way to the rocky outcroppings of the wells of Langflood, there are many, many skin changers around here, and it begins to appear even more dubious that they are all of the line of Bjorn. Our options are limited. Adaptations such as the aforementioned One Ring role-playing game suggest that Bjorn taught his people to manifest a sort of spirit bear form in their sleep. Only actual progeny of the skin changer can, well, you know, change their skin, and that progeny seems restricted to Grimbjorn only. This is acceptable, as there is some ample evidence that Bjorn's enchantment is somehow magical and therefore teachable. It may only be my headcanon, but that's the only way I can make sense of all these bears mucking about in Limlock. Perhaps others keep their own explanations, and maybe there is some quest text I missed somewhere, but it seems, uh, probable at best, that they are all blood relations to the man himself. Bidding my hard-working Ursine friends goodbye, I set my back to Limlock and journey south again. There is one more stop I must make here in the Bjorninglands. The Karak is an iconic place. Its etymology reminds us that it is simply a big rock, but the amazing bit is that it was, by all evidence, formed by Bjorn himself. Questions, questions. Did he hand-carve this thing? Was magic involved? Are his bear claws so sharp as to be used as chisels? Ultimately, it doesn't matter. What does is that the Karak is, for the Bjornings of the Lord of the Rings online, a place of pilgrimage and significance. There are beeswax candles here, and apparent offerings left behind in a kind of animistic ritual. Specific religious tradition is often neglected in Tolkien's work. We get the elves singing hymns to Elbreth, and we see rangers taking a moment of silence before eating and little else. Hints are dropped, though, of something like ancestor worship among the strange ways of dwarves, and no doubt men picked up similar rituals. A further foil is the central mystery of Bjorn that we've been thinking about all along. If he is a magician, and magic often has some spiritual implications in Middle-earth, and such ritual would not have been out of place. The view from high atop this rock has set me at ease, however. 
It's best not to pry too deeply if we need not. From this height, the quiet, ubiquitous presence of the misty mountains presses in. This is where Bjorn came from, the cradle of all his people. The valley below is wide and lush, a literal greener pasture for the skin changer who, for mysterious reasons, fled his mountainous abode. Middle Earth is a place riddled with mysteries, from Bombadil to elf magic. And though one may while away an afternoon dwelling on such mysteries, they remain a fixture of the world, a presence, a wrinkle, a thread in the tapestry, whether we understand it or not. Thank you for listening to Beneath Your Feet. For more information on the show, please visit anchor.fm slash L-O-T-R-O-B-Y-F. Any support, a review, a share, a donation is all very much appreciated. Beneath Your Feet is also available on YouTube. Search for Lotro Beneath Your Feet to listen to past episodes and watch current live streams. You can also join me live each month for the Beneath Your Feet live stream on twitch.tv slash LotroStream. With each show, we dive deep into a particular region of the Lord of the Rings online, hunt for Easter eggs, and talk lore for the upcoming podcast episode. Today's music comes from the Lord of the Rings online soundtrack. This episode was written and read by me. Passages from the Lord of the Rings were read by Philip Dragosh, with quotes from The Hobbit read by K. Ray. My name is Shoreless, and we'll see you next time when we go Beneath Your Feet. <laughs>